0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sax's Essay Today podcast. My name is Michelle Botcher. I'm an assistant professor um, and the student affairs program coordinator in the College of Education at Clemson University. I'm also your host for this program. While the podcast is focused on current issues, events, and trends, it's also an opportunity for us to get to know a little bit about our guests as we engage in our work and learning together. Since we're all more than just our jobs. Our guests today are Drs. Mary Alice and Matt Varga at the University of West Georgia. Welcome to you both.
1: Hello. Hello,
0: I'm happy to get to talk with you. Um, If you wouldn't mind, can you get us started by telling our audience a little bit about yourselves and how you came to work in your current roles?
1: Sure, Mary Alice, do you wanna go first or do you want me to go first?
0: Sure.
2: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, So I think um, it all started for me in in undergrad, um, as most of us (laughs) who worked in student affairs and fell into, you know, the resident assistant life and student affairs, and then it just blossomed from there. Um, So going from housing coordinator, which is where I met the doctor, Matt Varga, um, Mm -hmm. and then uh, ventured into my higher ed master's program. Um, At Western Carolina University, then found my way to Tennessee where Matt was and got my PhD in educational psychology and research and really enjoyed the research aspect of that program and then found my focus on grief. So um, my research focuses really on grieving college students and how to help them through that experience as they navigate all the other transitional and developmental issues that they have going on at the same time. And so I'm an associate professor of educational research at the University of West Georgia and teach all of the research classes that nobody really wants to take. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you.
1: And So for me, again, very similar. I was very active in undergrad. Uh, My mentor said, hey, you could do this for a living and um, ended up going to Shenandoah briefly and then the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, where I got my master's and worked in housing for a number of years, Um, got my doctorate, and then we made the transition to University of West Georgia, um, where I started off as an assistant professor in the College Student Affairs program and then have kind of gone through the ranks and is a department chair now of um, speech language pathology counseling and higher education administration. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of briefly, I mean, very repetitive of what um, Mary Alice and, and her role and I think of many in this field. So I'll spare everyone the, the boring details on that one.
0: All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, could you share a little bit about what some of your hobbies are outside of work? and given our current context those can be what your hobbies look like right now or what they look like when we aren't um exercising social isolation as those could be different things depending (laughs) yeah
2: so i think um you know to be completely honest and transparent i was really lacking in the hobby area for the past couple of years being in the role of you know, getting tenure and having two children back to back um our their hobbies kind of became our hobbies but this um this unfortunate you know pandemic situation has actually opened up a whole new world of hobbies for me specifically um you know being growing up a city girl and then now living you know out in the suburbs and having a big backyard and stuff i really taken to things um like landscaping and gardening that we've had more time to do now that we've been at home. So for me, um I have a whole new world of hobbies outside of work right now.
0: Great.
1: How about you? Yeah, Matt? I think for me my yeah, for me my hobbies are just doing what she tells me to do. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, around the around the house, whether it's, you know, fixing siding or picking up rocks or whatever that may be. Um so I just, I mean, general home improvement now has pretty much just become my hobby and, you know, trying new things and watching YouTube to figure out how I can, you know, build new things and do different things. So it's it's been, it's been therapeutic to say the least to be able to just kind of check out and, um, you know, go nail some wood or something like that.
0: That's great. Do you all think that you'll continue these hobbies when we get to whatever the new normal looks like? Is that something you think you'll have space for?
2: Oh, yeah. Mm. I think we're, um, yeah, we've got a lot of projects going on now. We've, um, we're really invested in, you know, making our home as wonderful as it can be. And then, you know, when the girls are getting to older, you know, a little bit older ages, incorporating them more and more into those projects as well.
0: Great. Um, How about, what are some things you're currently watching, reading, or listening to?
2: so I have my um my my public tv shows and my books that I tell people I'm reading and then I have my secret ones that I don't really tell <laughs> people about um so you know my, my intense you know television and shows right now I just finished Little Fires Everywhere um mm-hmm. which was phenomenal um, and I'm also currently reading the Castell series um by V.C. Andrews which is actually like published like way back in 1985 so i just finished reading heaven and then i'm starting dark angel right now and it's about this dysfunctional family and that lives in a shack in west virginia and it's um very interesting um and then my my devious brainless stuff that when i just need to unwind i um watch the real housewives tv shows a lot (laughs) And um, and I'm also uh, slowly making my way
0: through Jessica Simpson's new biography. Very good. It's good to have a range of interests, right? (laughs) How about you, Matt?
1: So for me, the the kind of the reading and the shows are the same. Um, The series Outlander um it's something that i I just i absolutely love and i love reading the books and then um watching the show on stars it's because i'm just a big old history buff and the sci-fi and the time travel it kind of meets all of my my fantasy um interests so outlander if anybody hasn't watched it yet you're missing out um (laughs) something i highly recommend
0: great um a couple more questions do do you all have Um, favorite quotes? Do you each have a favorite quote or something that you kind of turn to or motivates you now, in the past, in the future?
1: I I do. Um, It's one that I share with my students quite often. Um, You know, it's, it's by Benjamin E. Mays, and it says, the tragedy of life is often not in our failure, but rather in our complacency, not in our doing too much, but rather in our doing too little not in our living above our ability, but rather in our living below our capacities. Um, and it's just, a, it's a nice little reminder to me that, you know, failing isn't a bad thing, but being complacent with where you are certainly can be, um, you know, and, and I always tell my students that if you're not willing to go 100% and apply for a job, um, somebody else will, so make sure you're doing more than the next person when it comes to things that you, that you want to earn. Um, and it seems to resonate very well with them.
0: That's great.
2: And I, um, I'm kind of in this, this world of, of kindness right now. So I'm trying to, you know, I feel like trying to put more kindness into the world. We need to be kinder to each other, trying to teach our daughters to be kind. I'm trying to be kind. Um, so Mark Twain's quote, one of his favorite quotes kind of came to my mind first was that, um, Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see, Mm. is one of mine right now that's just kind of sticking with me.
0: Those are great, thank you very much. And they're both relevant to where we are right now, but also just sort of the, how we navigate life in more general settings, so I appreciate those. All right, so my last question, I have a would you rather question, very excited about this one. So we'll see what your answers are. Um, would you rather have your kids type your next work related email or have Baby Shark as your ringtone for the rest of your life?
2: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Matt?
1: I mean, I guess Baby Shark is my ringtone because it just makes me think of Ruby and Ramsey at this age. Um, So that actually kind of brings me a little bit of joy, you know, just to to hear Baby Shark and then think about, you know, Ruby singing it to my mom and doing the hand gestures and whatnot. So I I actually, I mean, that's kind of easy for me because that that actually brings a lot of joy to my heart. That's awesome.
2: Um, I think I'll actually... Uh, take the email one um, because I mean to me that would be absolutely hilarious and um, I would like to know (laughs) what she would
0: say. (laughs) Well I encourage you each to try those things for a while to see how it goes. (laughs) Maybe that can be a (laughs) follow-up episode. Yes. All right, so um, I appreciate you all sharing a little bit about yourselves. Uh, To move into sort of the content for the show, we wanted to talk to different people about navigating the role of parent and the role of work, Um, in your case, you each being faculty members, in the pandemic context. So with that in mind, Maybe start and just tell our listeners a little bit, you, you've done a great job and I appreciate you sharing about yourselves. Can you share a little bit about your kids? Talk about their ages and um, maybe as you started, as you knew this transition was potentially coming, how did you engage with your girls and kind of let them know what, what the changes were going to look like at home?
2: I'll let you take that one, Matt
1: oh okay um so our girls are um four and two uh, about four and a half and two and a half and they are the most energetic sassy fun loving you know little human beings i have ever met i mean they are going 100 miles an hour from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep um if we're able to catch them and get them in bed um so it is certainly, you know, quite exhausting. And, you know, my, my parents, every time they're around them, they constantly ask, are they like this all the time? I'm like, yes, all the time. <laughs> um, so when this all, you know, stuff started happening and we tried to explain what was going on, Ruby, Ruby doesn't know any different one way or the other, but Ramsey is, you know, has enough cognitive development to understand, you know, something's different, you know, why aren't we going to school? Why aren't we, You know, why are we constantly all home together? Why are we, you know, if somebody goes out, are they in masks and gloves? So we just tell her, you know, the world is sick right now. um, And, you know, we want the world to get better. So for the world to get better, we have to stay home. And if we go out, we have to wear our masks um, because of coronavirus. So now it's just become this little thing with her. She goes, you know, there's coronavirus out there. Where's my mask? So we bought, you know, little children's masks for them. um, So that way, you know, we can continue that role model um, so she's got this little mask that she wears if she goes outside you know, in the backyard or the front yard or something she says I don't want to get coronavirus I want to help people get healthy um, so I mean it's it's been it's been a nice way to expose her to the realities of the world and also how to be a compassionate and and good citizen at the same time
0: mm. that's great
2: um, yeah, and that was really important to me, too, when we um, we kind of put together an initiative and, you know, uh, raised a whole bunch of money to buy a whole bunch of sandwiches for our hospital, um, because I just, when things like this happen, I go into, like, this mode where I just, I'm like, okay, what, how can I help? Like, I can't just sit in my house and you know do nothing like I that I mean I know that is healthy but um you know I just I have this urgency like within me to do something and so um raised about two thousand dollars um hundreds of of sandwiches for the healthcare workers at our hospital down the road and um and so was telling her a lot about that too like yeah you know there's this it's really scary thing that's happening but this is also an opportunity for us to you know, be kind and do really nice things for people who are helping to try to keep us all very safe and healthy. So um that has been I think we've done a good balance of of sharing the realities and then also teaching a lot of lessons through that.
0: Well I love that because that's also not presenting what's happening in a hopeless sort of way, but in a there there is action you can take and whether that's wearing your mask or helping the frontline healthcare workers, there are things we can still do, rather than, like you said, just sort of being passive and waiting for things to happen to or for us. So, that's great. When you um, were, were making the shift, kind of, what are some things you've learned since you started working from home, and how have you built structure both for the girls but also for the two of you with with work and sort of managing availability and time and kids and all of that. What what strategies have you all used for structuring?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I'll talk about the the girl part and I'll let Matt talk about our us. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, with the with the girls you know at first it was just kind of like okay you know kind of treated it like the weekend like you know, do whatever and then we realized that wasn't that wasn't working um, we needed some kind of structure and so um you know I, I pulled back into my you know ed psych my teaching hat working you know working with young children and um we put together a, a, a structured but a very loosely structured um, a, outline for each of our days and um so you know I printed it out on on paper put some pictures on it put it you know different colors taped it up to the wall so we can see you know we start with breakfast and there's you know big old pancake you know picture right there and then we have our morning activity then we have you know our lunch and our, our nap time quiet time which is where we're at right now um and then we have our afternoon activity Then we have dinner then we have bath and and nighttime so we have it up on the wall and so they can follow along too so they know the structure as well and um and you know ramsey of course caught on to it very quickly because it's very similar to what they do at at her daycare and um and she's just very structure oriented so that was very helpful for her um and you know ruby picked up on it too with with the help of the pictures she kind of knew you know what was going on and what was next so that really helped, I think, um, you know, keep us all kind of on the same page and um, and have like a purpose and knowing what's coming for the next day. so we're always on Amazon ordering, you know, more and more things for activities and and such. Um, but it also helped us structure our time too, so that we could continue working as well.
0: Great. So Matt, how do the two of you sort of balance, especially, you know, you're working at the same institution and um, potentially have meetings or things that could overlap. So how have the two of you worked to manage the work side of it?
1: Yeah, so it's, you know, we have a shared calendar and we really try not to schedule things at the same time if we absolutely can avoid it. Um, For meetings where we have to be in the same place, that's that's video one of us will you know be i mean we're both there but one of us will be you know on phone and muted if we have to run around and take care of the girls or you know get juice or this that or the other while the other one is on video um watching and it just it just depends on the meeting like i have my wednesday morning leadership meeting um that sometimes mary alice goes to every once a month um so it's more important for me to be on video than it is for her in those instances Um, And then, you know, it just, it just varies Um, whether if we have dissertation defenses or whatnot, we just try to schedule um, if we can during nap time. And if we can't, um, then we just ask the other one to kind of, you know, take the lead at that time. So very fortunate having that good tag team, um, tag team effort. Um, I couldn't imagine if if we didn't have that or, you know, being a single parent, I honestly don't know what some people would do or for some people that are at home um and then their spouse is out working because they're an essential partner or essential i just i just i have no idea uh, what that would look like so but that's kind of the strategies that we've used it's worked so far um i don't think we we haven't had any you know major crashes or you know in terms of the video so it, it seems to be working
0: that's good have you noticed and i i don't know how often or if this has happened but um you know having been on calls and the cat makes an appearance or the child makes an appearance. Have you all <laughs> had those moments and what like are people generally understanding of that and, you know, kind of know this is different now? What what's your experience been in terms of other people's reactions if you've had those moments?
2: Yeah, I would say oh, yeah. Um, yeah we've had yeah, we've had that a few times and I mean in most people I think are totally, you know, fine with it. Um, I, I think I'm actually more paranoid about it than anybody um, because I try to be very respectful of, you know, people's time. And so um, I don't, you know, I don't want our girls to you know, be distractions or, or cause, you know cause delays and anything because I know everybody's busy um and so I I think I stress about it more than anybody else does um that and I never know what they're going to say so that um that invokes a little bit of fear I think into me not you know there's certain things I don't want my children to say or repeat to
0: my boss (laughs) yeah Makes sense. Anything
1: to add, Matt? No, it's, it's pretty much the same. I mean, you know, most people are understanding. or are like,
0: oh, there's Ruby, there's Ramsey.
1: Um, you know, and sometimes I've noticed they're just they're too shy to really get full-fledged in front of the camera. Um, Ruby sometimes will poke her head around and just kind of like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's been that's been kind of fun to watch, too.
2: I think the dogs make more of an appearance than (laughs) than the children do, to be honest. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, your your point about, um, you know, sort of the curiosity about what are you doing, what do you think maybe are some things the girls have learned about your work, having a chance to sort of watch you both in action as you're doing what you're doing? What do you think some of their takeaways are about your jobs?
1: Well, they don't believe we're teachers, that's for sure, um, <laughs> because cause they don't see students and they don't see a classroom and they don't see any of that. So they think um, my job is just sitting in front of a computer all day, every day. Um, and so then they'll play, they'll play daddy or play daddy's work and they'll get on the computer and start pounding on the keyboard and say, look, I'm daddy. And um, so for them, it's just, I mean, not necessarily understanding the The notion that teaching just isn't about being in front of a classroom that there's so many different ways to do it, you know, so it's, it's been interesting to have those conversations with them and show them what it is that we do and how we do it.
0: Anything to add to that. Yeah, Yeah, I think
2: that for me, it was an interesting realization when I when I saw the girls seeing me work because I try so hard to protect my time with them and to be fully present with them as a mom um, when I'm with them because they do go to daycare every day um, except for Saturday and Sunday. So I, you know, we essentially only see our children for three hours a day because they go to bed so early And so those are the three hours of my day where I am 100% mom. And unless it's, you know, a catastrophic emergency um, I'm mom, I'm off, you know, I'm off the clock. Um, And so I have been very insistent on having those boundaries and not having them. You see, you know, the working mom all the time or whatever. And so but now, you know, now that they're here with us and seeing it, and we don't really have much of a choice, you know, they have to see it. Um, having them see, see me work has actually been more of a benefit than I realized. Because they're, they're seeing, you know, they're seeing what we do every day, you know, while we're gone, we're talking about money more now. So, you know, raising, you know, earning money. So Ramsey's cleaning her room, she's picking up her toys, you know, she's working like mommy and daddy do, you know, so she's, she's learning, I think, um, more about work than she would have, if she had, if we hadn't have been in this situation with them.
0: So I like that. It's not just learning about your specific jobs, but learning that work happens and why work happens. Is that right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that that was um, maybe an unanticipated benefit. When you think about, if you can even remember back a few weeks ago before this started, but we sort of knew it was coming, did you anticipate certain things that would either be um benefits or challenges and then are there things that have been challenging or been rewarding sort of like the opportunity to come to understand work that you didn't expect that have just sort of emerged um, or surprised you
2: i think um do you want
1: to go <laughs> no go no go go ahead go ahead
2: okay. um so the you know one of the one of the challenges um is the fact that you know i I actually saw it as a benefit, but after you know seeing a lot of a lot of my my friends who have been talking to they have actually have a different perspective because I've been thinking, you know, I, I don't have our children in school yet. They're not in pre-K. They, they're not doing online learning. Uh, well, school's out, you know, in Georgia now, but they, um, they wouldn't have had to do, you know, online learning um, through the school. And so I thought, you know, we, we've had it very easy compared to um, a lot of my friends who are trying to juggle working. And then now, you know, being teacher or, you know, helping these children learn. And so, and my friends, consistently say to me no you know we we have it much easier than you do because you have these two toddlers that you have to entertain all day every day um but you know we have this stuff that you know our children have to do and and some older children that my friends have they're more self-sufficient you know they could talk to their friends and you know do some more stuff whereas we are we're we're non-stop you know minus our our quiet time you know nap time um it's It's go, Um, and so I'm. I I thought that we, you know, that we've had it good, (laughs) but apparently, people would not want to be in our position. So, um, so that was kind of an interesting realization, a a challenge that I didn't, I didn't really realize had been a challenge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best kinds of challenges, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: What I mean, you it's, think it's, it's the fact of the matter. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's our normal, right? So like our, we don't know any different than our normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and our normal is, I don't want to say abnormal, but somebody else is not right. So for us, this is all we know. Um, you know, so it's before we had, you know, the weekends and trying to do structure and just free throw it. And so we thought the same thing like, Oh, you know, it won't be that bad. We'll just be able to do, you know, what we've always done and when we had the weekends. Nope. That was, that did not work. Um I think we made it two two days with that. So I think in the beginning it was a lot harder than anticipated um trying to, you know, send mail or emails or respond. Like it took me it took me an hour one day to send a seven-sentence email um because I was I was writing it and I heard um something spill in the kitchen and somebody threw ketchup across the room and some, I mean it was just one thing after another. And I wrote that in the email because it was to my students just checking on them. And I said, you know, this email's taken me an hour to write because these things happen. We are all in this together. And, you know, just know that we understand as, as faculty, you know, we understand that you're going through the same situation. So um, I, I think that I got so much positive feedback on that. Like, thank you for not only normalizing it, but also understanding and being able to relate um, and providing the comic relief as I'm about to, you know, just curl up into a ball and cry over my dissertation. Um, (laughs) so I think it's just, it's just been one day at a time. I mean, that's all we can do.
2: Yeah. And some of the, you know, two of the other positives that I think have come out of this too, um, unexpectedly for us is that we, you know, we're in our backyard all the time, you know, most of the time that's where we are. And so just, you know, having the girls running around, you know, barefoot in the backyard and exploring, you know, everything that's back there, and teaching them about stuff. Well, it's more so Matt teaching them about stuff, but I'm learning too. Um, you know, just about all of these these things outside in nature. Um, that you know, of course, at daycare they went outside, but here, you know, just just for us to be able to do that with them and have that time, is something that I realized was. Was actually a gift in this in this horrible situation, um, and then also you know kind of understanding Matt too, and you know both of us, and we we are really good at helping each other have time. So you know if if I can kind of tell that you know he needs some you know some Matt time, you know I I'll take over you know a bit, and then you know and same thing for me, even though I'm an extrovert like. I still need time to recharge. And so, you know, he gives me time to go outside um, while the girls are, you know, napping or he's doing feeding them lunch or whatever. And I go, you know, prune some bushes for fun. That's my fun. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, just, just kind of um, watching out for each other too in a, in a different way that we've always done. But now it's, you know, just a little bit more intense, (laughs) Um, but just making sure that, you know, we're not just the girls are okay, but that we're okay as well.
0: Well, that's great. And it, um, you spoke to this earlier when we were talking about hobbies and you said, yeah, this is something that we would like to consider. What are some other things that you think you might take away from the experience and Either maybe your awareness is different, or your effort to incorporate some certain things. What are your your sort of life takeaways from working, parenting, and partnering in this situation?
1: Teachers aren't paid enough.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, whether it's daycare or, or K through twelve, I mean, they're they're the real heroes. I mean that. You know, seeing some of those videos on Facebook, right, about parents now trying to teach their kids math or, you know, do all these different things. It's just the 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 love and joy that we have for our children, but at the same time, like I don't I don't know if anybody can be around anybody for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, constantly. Um, no matter how much you love something, I mean, I love my dogs, but I can't be around them all the time. I want to kill them. Um, <laughs> So I, I think that that's kind of been a realization is that we all have our, like even our kids, like they're like, daddy, I, I go away. I can't be around you right now. Um, that we all have our own time and our own, like we're all our own people um, that no matter what happens, we all need our own space at some, at some point in time. So honoring that and letting the girls know that that is okay, that you can do that, I think is really, is really important. Um, I also underestimated the the power and productivity of an office. Um, you know, being able, like, I just, I feel so disorganized, um, not having a place or a space that, you know, if I, I go in and I sit in my office, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm focused. I know what I can do. I can go. It's amazing when I go to sit down at the computer to start working all of the little things I notice around the house that need to be fixed. Um, you know, it's just like having to clean your room as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I,
2: sorry. Um, so, you know, two things that I think that I've, I've learned one specifically about my, my bigger picture realizations for my girls is that I can't be everything to them. Um, I, you know, I'm mom, you know, first and foremost, I'm mom, I'm disciplinarian, I'm nurturer, you know, I'm all of those things, but, um, they don't really care for me as a teacher, (laughs) you know, and that, that was really a hard pill for me to swallow at first, because despite what they think, I am really a teacher, um, so, but, uh, it, it, they, they can't learn from me the same way that they learn from their teachers at school and from other people. And that's okay. Um, it really, you know, it really does take a village and they just, just like all human beings, they get, you know, different things that they need from different people. And so I don't have to be the perfect teacher for my children um because that's not technically what i was trained to do i wasn't trained to to teach um to teach toddlers so that was you know my big picture piece was just you know letting giving myself that grace that i wasn't the perfect parent teacher that i thought i was going to be um and then also i'd say with myself like (laughs) to be completely blunt um that I work too much mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and um that this you know this is really reminding me of what's really important in life and is and the appreciation for just you know what what I have already and um this this slow down time and that it's okay to slow down sometimes and it's okay to not be writing, you know, half a dozen papers at one time for publication. Or, and so it's just, um, it's just kind of snapped me back into a balance that I've been desperately needing to get back to for a long time.
0: Sort of um, a time of forced reflection, almost, for a lot of people, I think, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did mention scholarship, so I want (laughs) to give you an opportunity um, and feel free to decline, but if either of you do have things that you're working on that you just want to kind of make people aware of, happy to share that um, before we shift gears a little bit, but um, if you're like, yeah, no, I've had plenty to do and I'm not taking on new projects right now because life is a whole new project that's a totally legitimate response too so anything you want to share
1: what you just said is, yeah. is where i'm at just trying to survive at this moment yeah um yeah
2: i um <laughs> on the other hand <laughs> i um i be in, I'm working on a lot of research projects right now, particularly tied to college student mental health and how things like grief and trauma can um, really, you know, affect affect our college students and more practical and proactive ways that our campuses can be at the forefront of helping with that instead of being in more of a reactive capacity and, um, you know, in less of a more, you know, yes, very medical context, but what are some more holistic ways that we as a campus can start to cultivate um, a a support presence for our students in the various types of traumas that they may experience, either while they're on um, campus or things that they've been experiencing and struggling with before they've even come to us on campus? So there's a a lot of work that I'll be working on with some folks from all over the country um looking at various uh populations including you know a lot of minority populations but then also our international student populations um looking into that as well so just um uh, trying to examine some some better support for our students who are dealing with some pretty heavy stuff
0: Thank you so much um for both of those responses because i i like there are multiple right answers to how our faculty managing different aspects of the job same for practitioners and um and most of us are just kind of figuring it out as we go and your scholarship mary alice is pretty relevant to what we're doing with right now too so i see where um there's definitely a call for that work. So I appreciate that. Um, And I'm grateful to both of you for giving up nap time, um, which is perhaps a high productivity window of your day. Um, Before we kind of move to wrap up, is there anything else you wanna share um, or anything else that I should be asking or we should be talking about in regard to playing these multiple roles sort of in, in one place as parents, educators, you know, administrative responsibilities, all of those things. Anything else you want to share?
1: Just be patient and take it one day at a time. And, you know, if you lose your mind or lose your cool one day, I mean, that that happens. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard, difficult, scary time right now. And as we start talking about you know, going back, there's a lot of different opinions on that. I'm very much of the opinion that it's too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just a matter of being patient and being patient with oneself and the ambiguity that is this world right now.
2: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, kind of along those same lines and, you know, going kind of back to my quote, you know, around kindness that, that I had mentioned before, something that I've been talking with, um, particularly with a lot of the, the, the health system um, in our area is to um, help understand that, you know, people can react um, to things in various ways and people cope with situations like this in various ways. Um, And so, you know, kind of like what Matt has said, um, if we expect, you know, someone is, you know, struggling or short with us or something, you know, it might not be towards us, you know, per se, it's just kind of the situation. Um, And I've I've been helping my, my students and my friends to kind of focus on the things that they can control. Um, which you know makes things less intense. So you know, for me, that's pruning bushes, you know, in the yard, and um, helping deliver Chick Fil A sandwiches to the hospital and stuff. Um, and then you know, just kind of like accept that that we don't know what tomorrow will bring, um, and that that can actually be really crucial for coping during these these times. And so the ability to really accept the unknown is quite powerful. It's difficult, but it's powerful. And it, it can actually help prompt calmness and can provide peacefulness during chaos, which I think we kind of all need as we're trying to navigate these different roles and expectations we have right now.
0: That, those are both really great comments. I know for me, I'll have these moments of just feeling anxious, but not knowing why. And then it sort of hits me, oh yeah, pandemics, I guess will do that to people. And so it's, um, it is such a different time and just reminding. And I think a lot of us are more generous with others than we are with ourselves. And so that idea of being patient and being kind, we need to, do that for ourselves as well as as trying to offer it to others so i appreciate you both highlighting that a lot um so i want to thank you for taking time to talk with us today i know the world is not the same as it was even a few weeks ago and the fact that you're able to spend some time and talk with me today really means a lot so thank you both for that Um, and i i have sort of one final question for you. And you've touched on this, I think, in a number of ways through our conversation today, but in an effort to leave things on a note of hope and with some positive energy moving forward, could each of you share a couple of things that are bringing you joy right now? It could be stuff at home, it could be related to the kids, it could be job stuff, like what are your, hey, this was a good thing. What are are your moments like that right now?
1: the spring semester ended. (laughs) Um, I
0: agree with that.
1: So, I mean, but lighthearted on the one hand. Yeah, very much. But on the other, I think we all needed that spring semester to end and just kind of limp through it. And now we can. Okay, we can sigh, breathe a sigh of relief, regroup, prepare now for what we need to do starting June 1st and move forward. Um, I think that's that's for me on a professional note. On a personal note, I think just the the satisfaction from seeing some of the projects that I'm completing around the house and the hard work that going into it and having the girls help me and seeing that, hey, you know, we did this together um has also been very, very satisfying. So I think those are kind of my two things.
2: Great. Um, yeah, mine, um, I think the joy right now is just having the opportunity to, to be with our girls more and, um, you know, Ruby's learning how to talk more, uh, Ramsey's learning how to talk back more, (laughs) so, um, but, um, you don't really realize, like, being, being with them every day and seeing that happen, um, every day is very different than when you're when you just have limited time with them so being able to watch them grow. And even Matt had just said yesterday, you know, Oh my gosh, Ramsey is, is so tall now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and so like, you know, they, they can reach things they hadn't been able to reach before. So just being able to see, um, see our girls, like literally see them grow more, um, has just been so amazing. And then I think, um, the other thing, too, is that with all, you know, all of the darkness and all of the you know, awful stuff is just not losing sight of the good that's happening in the world. And, you know, even just like in our community, our community has done so much amazing stuff um, to help our healthcare workers, to help people who are out of work, to help our children um, who normally only get fed at school to make sure that they're getting food. So um, really, seeing the kindness and the light that can come out of something so dark has actually been a bit of a joy for me to see in the world.
0: That's great. I I am thankful to the two of you for coming on and bringing humor and um, you know some some vulnerability into the conversation. Uh, because we're all vulnerable right now, whether we talk about it or not. So thank you both very much for the conversation today. I'm I'm grateful uh, to you. So today's Essay Today podcast is brought to you by Saxa and we thank them for their support. Additionally, the show would not be possible without producer Erica Lee. So much gratitude to you, Erica. My name is Michelle Botcher. It's been a pleasure to host this episode and have a beautiful day and matt and mary alice i hope you both have a great day
1: thank you Wonderful. thank
0: you so much absolutely Bye.